Hello and welcome back to All for United. This is United Daily. Uh, we are back again with another show pre-match. Of course, tonight, another big game for United. Another cup tie. Again, we're asking the question, could this be, could this be the cup run we need to go on to not just reach the final, but for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer to win a trophy? Well, we're going to have a little tactical look ahead of the game. Uh, we're going to talk about set pieces in depth. We'll have a little chat around West Ham as well, how we can break them down anyways about how they could break us down. And also we will take a look at the pros and of course the cons coming out the back of the Everton game. Uh, we've got Brad, writer and correspondent for in Manchester. Of course, you was at Leeds last night, weren't you, Brad? Yeah, I was, mate. It was actually a good game. Um, but I'm at the game tonight as well, so it should be, should be interesting to see United versus West Ham. Well, let's hope the attacking football is just as good as the attacking football you saw last night without Bielsa's team. And of course, Mark, uh, regular here at All for United, uh, is on with us. Of course, if you want to listen to this in pure uh, audio fo uh, format and, and go back to listen to previous United dailies, just search All for United United Daily on your podcast platform of choice. And of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel to win some great prizes. Thanks to Football Town. We're almost at 2.2k. Get over there, youtube.com forward slash All for United and get in the live chat as well. And we'll do some shout outs a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but Mark, let's, uh, let's come over and start with you bud i just want one good one bad from the everton game that you want to see us carry over and not carry over into tonight's game uh i think quite simply um the attacking prowess was very good i don't think we had anything to come uh, to moan about with regards to that i thought we played some very good football so hopefully we can continue that and as i say every week start on the front foot um, and I think that I'm hoping that I said again the other night that I'm hoping that Ollie has probably sat them down, had a bit of a moan about the individual errors. And I really hope that that doesn't happen tonight. So hopefully we can contain them. Hopefully we won't make those individual mistakes and hopefully we'll still be as attacking and as good as we were against Everton. Yes, I definitely want to come back and talk about how we were on the ball um, against Everton and going forward because I was actually quite shocked that one of the stats that came up on all the reds that we only had three shots on target against Everton. Yeah, it felt like going forward, we looked so clinical and dangerous and were creating so many opportunities for ourselves, but still didn't really create a lot for as good as we look going forward. So I want to come back and chat about that in a second, Mark. Uh, Brad, first of all, let me come over to you. One good, one bad that you want to see tonight and not see tonight off the back of the Everton game. Well, I think one of the key things is getting Bruno Fernandes on the ball a bit more in dangerous areas because Paul Pogba has been has been that man as of as of late in the past two or three weeks where Pogba's been taking the ball forward, um, but Bruno's been kind of picking up the ball a bit deeper than than he would usual. So I think against West Ham tonight, if he is to start, he has to get on the ball further forward and connect with that front three. Uh, a bit more than he did in the Everton game, which is why I think they didn't. United didn't have too many shots on target. Um, you know, like Mark said, those individual areas errors are costing them week in, week out. Uh, it's not the first time that Manchester United fans have had to witness um, silly goals be conceded, whether it be from David de Gea or whether it be from the defenders, uh, and whether whether that comes from a quicker centre back partnership for Harry Maguire, uh, I'm not too sure whether that's what they need at the minute, uh, but concentration from the uh, fullbacks is so key as well you know they just lack they just lacked that concentration in the final minute against Everton and ultimately cost them two points so I think concentration especially against this West Ham side will be key 
Yeah, let's let's chat with you in a second then, Brad, around that uh, that back line and what back line you're potentially expecting to see for United tonight. Um, I've got an opinion on that, and a lot of you have been tweeting us uh, your back five for tonight as well. So feel free to get in a live chat and discuss that with us uh, whilst we are live right now. Uh, Mark, let, let's come back and talk about that attacking football. Um, Brad made a good point there, getting the boy into Bruno Fernandes quicker. I always feel like Bruno grows into games and it takes a couple of little successful moments from him to really start dominating a match. I can't believe that we are sat here after the Everton game bemoaning the result, bemoaning the defence when we scored, a when he scored a goal like that, that moment of magic. Um, just talk a little bit around United's attack in play and, uh, and the front three that you expect to see tonight and how they can exploit West Ham. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably see um, a Cavani rest tonight. I think he's obviously played a couple of games in a row now. He is very much our, our main number nine, I feel. And I think we've had this conversation many times. So I think he could potentially start on the bench. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Martial included, uh, probably playing as a number nine. Um, and then we could well see Mason and maybe Rashford again. I think he will go with a relatively strong team. I think that, you know, as you've mentioned and alluded to at the beginning, that this is um, a vital competition for United, um, not from a fan's perspective, but for the mentality and the win winning mentality that United need to start getting in and start, start believing in and, and be able to sort of work upon and have that sort of foundation. But um, but yeah, I think I think you'll probably see a, a three up front. You might even see sort of one matter maybe start the game, or perhaps even Daniel James. But I really feel that maybe Martial might take that number nine role tonight, and then left and right wing is anyone's guess. Oh, God, sorry, I was muted. Uh, yeah, I, I'm completely with you on that. I expect to see some changes, but not too many. Um, I expect to see a strong front line. I, I do expect to see Greenwood tonight, but I did put out a tweet earlier on that we've all got to remember there's five substitutions in the FA Cup. So it could be quite telling if Oli decides to maybe rest Bruno from the start, rest Rashford from the start. He can still bring them on at half time if he needs to make a difference and then have those three substitutions in the bag still uh, for the second half. So who knows? I, I remember him doing it against Leipzig. Um, and it worked an absolute treat. You managed to rest them both for 45 minutes, but then come out in the second half and managed to really make an impact on the game with the substitution. So that could be something to be wary of. Oddie might make a number of changes from the start tonight, but it could be that we see players introduced a lot e earlier than Oddie usually does uh, make his substitution. So we, we will have to wait and see what that front line looks like. But I agree with Cavani being rested 100%. Um, Brad, what about the back line? Um, do you think Maguire... Or Lindelof needs to have a rest. It's like Bay isn't fit. Um, Wambasaka and Shaw playing a lot of games. De Gea calls for him to be dropped and Henderson to come in. Well, what's, what's your back five looking like today? How do you think Oli will go? And and just talk to us a little bit about you know where you're putting the players and, and the combinations there because I think confidence is a big thing with defenses uh, defenders, isn't it? So to rip up Maguire and Lindelof could that just make them continue to stumble, uh, especially coming up to a big game at the weekend again? Well, I think it's pretty obvious that Dean Henderson will start tonight, not not because of the De Gea howler on the weekend, but because it's a cup game. Um, you know, he's really become the new Sergio Romero in that sort of in that sort of role. But um, I, I would expect Wambasaka to remain in the in the starting eleven. Um, I wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked if Tellers came in for Luke Shaw. You know, he's had. He's had multiple games playing 90 minutes now for, for sure. And, uh, you know, that is the best thing for him, getting 90 minutes per game is so important for his confidence and his fitness confidence as well. 
But like when we, when you said ripping up Maguire and Lindelof in terms of confidence-wise, I don't think that would necessarily knock their confidence. I think if anything, it would be it would be welcomed by Maguire to have a break. But I don't think that will happen. I think it could be a Maguire and Tuanzebe uh, partnership tonight, mainly because of you know the racism aside, the confidence from Tuanzebe, you know, coming on and and then they still still managed to get a point. Um, late on in the Everton game will have knocked his confidence a bit and Solskjaer if, if any other manager doesn't do it it's Solskjaer that brings confidence to these individual players uh, and like Mark said that's kind of similar to what Martial is going to be brought into the squad for tonight he's going to have to get on the score sheet to get a bit of confidence because at the minute Cavani's keeping him out of the side so uh, I think Solskjaer will be looking for Henderson, Wambasaka, Tuanzebe, Tellers and Maguire that, that would be my back five selection for Manchester United tonight yeah, I don't think it would be too too uh, too different to that. I um I personally um would play uh, Tu and Zabi at right back tonight. Um, only because I feel like Tu and Zabi is the most natural replacement actually for Wan Bissaka at right back. And for me, um, because I feel like if you bring Williams in at right back, he's a completely different type of player to Wan Bissaka. Um, so I think you're losing a little bit of your slight bit of your defensive and also a slight bit of your attacking edge. That's not me saying that. Williams is no good. That's me saying that the, the lad just isn't there yet. Whereas I think Tuman Zabi isn't scared to get forward. He's got pace and power. Uh, I also think he's good on the ball when he's given a bit of time on the ball. Um, and I also think that he's he's all right defensively. My way with Tuman Zabi is, and, and I'll say this again, I've said it millions of times, I feel like when he plays next to Harry Maguire, Harry Maguire, for whatever reason, looks a whole load more shaky than he does partner next to anyone else. I don't know if he's worried because Tuanzebe potentially is young, so he tries to cover a bit too much for him. Um, if he just loses his concentration because he expects Tuanzebe to do more than maybe his ability suggests right now. I don't know. But for me, whenever I've seen Tuan Zabi and Maguire together, it's just a real shakiness about Harry Maguire that I can't explain. And and I, I do think Tuan Zabi's played his best game for United in a back three where his main job was to man Mark Mbappe, who was out on that left wing. So he more or less played a conventional right-back role in that back three, um, where giving Wambasaka more licence to get forward or pull back to just solidify that defence. Or at right back. Remember that game against Arsenal where he was terrific when he was drafted in the team a couple of years back and he'd done it again in a cup competition earlier on this season. Um, so for me, I'll go, um, I'd go go and Zabi and I would play Lindelof and Maguire, keep him in the team, push some confidence into them and I'd, I'd go Tedes today, re- resolute sure. Mark, you, you said that you agree with, with Brad, but is there any more thinkings about where Oli might make a maybe another change within that back line? Um, no, not particularly. I, I, I do I wholeheartedly agree with Brad. I think that was a good shout, actually, about Twanzebi at right back. Um, but I think that you're probably more likely to see Aaron Wambasaka there. Um, and I think that if obviously if Bai is injured, then um, naturally the 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 next person to go to to rest Lindelof, perhaps because we know that we've had a, a few injury problems would be Twanzebi. You are absolutely right, though. They, he. I think probably Harry Maguire does overcompensate a little bit. I think he's very much aware that Twanzebe obviously hasn't had the minutes, hasn't necessarily got the experience yet that's needed. And I, I do think he overcompensates there. But but I, I, no, I agree with Brad. I think we'll see Tellez. I think we'll see Henderson. I think we'll see Maguire and Twanzebe. And I think we'll see Aaron Wambasaka at uh, right back. Uh, just quickly, guys, on um, one more player who we're talking about confidence. We spoke a little bit about Martial, a little bit there about the defenders. I just want to just want to bring the name Donny van der Beek to to attention. Uh, a lot of chatter around him. I just want to come to each of you, Mark. Um, a, your thoughts on whether he'll be in the side tonight, but also B, if he's not, 
what does that do to the lad? Um, he will be in the side tonight. I'm absolutely sure of that. I don't think it's going to do anything if he's not, but I can't see that happening. Look, we've had this conversation on a number of occasions and I don't think that he's come in to be a Pogba replacement. I think he's firmly there to be a, a good first team squad player um, in, in the near future. And whether that's with or without Pogba, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. But I did tweet myself last night that tonight is a very... Um, a big opportunity for the likes of Henderson, Twanzebe and Van der Beek um, in particular. You know, Pogba's now out injured for a bit and this is going to be a, a prime opportunity for him to step up and and play that sort of number eight, maybe number 10 role uh, moving forward. And I think that um, in this type of game, we haven't seen Matic for a little while. I feel that Matic would be the perfect candidate to play in a single pivot. I think that because of... Um, West Ham obviously playing very good attacking football at the moment. I think that you you need someone like Matic that's able to just bring a calmer presence and be able to play so you know have a, a, a good passing range, which he does. Um, and and that would obviously enable Bruno probably and uh, Van der Beek to play further forward. So that's what I'm expecting in in the midfield. But this is an opportunity for him now. Um, I, I would I, I loved Donny Van der Beek. You know my thoughts on him, and mm -hmm. I, I, he's one of my favourite players at the club, and and his intelligence and the the quick passing and whatever he brings to the table is brilliant. And I really want him to now grab this by the horns and and really um, run away with it. This is a, a good opportunity, and I think he needs to take that tonight. Yeah, Brad, I think Mark completely reflects my thoughts there on, on Donny van der Beek. I'm not sure about yours, but you work in the press. If he doesn't play tonight, do you reckon there'll be a little bit of a circus around, you know, what the whispers are coming out of United with him not playing? Potentially, if he doesn't get some game time because Pogba's out, do you expect there to be some some rumours circulating, agents saying stuff, people we've never heard of before who are apparently his agents saying stuff? Do, do you expect a little merry-go-round if he, if he doesn't start getting some game time now? Well, I think if he struggles for minutes tonight, it's going to be tough for him to get any minutes at all in the Premier League season. So um, it's it's a big, big one for Solskjaer. And, I, you know, I don't know if there'll be rumours flying about, but it'll be there'll be questions asked in the press conference if he doesn't see any game time tonight. Um, but, you know, like Mark said, it, I feel like it's unlikely he will not play at all. Uh, I, I do think he can start. Um, and with Matic potentially starting as well, because you've got to remember Scott McTominay and Fred, they need a rest as well. They've played uh, an unbelievable amount of minutes uh, recently as well. And, you know, you've got till Sunday, till West Brom. So you've got a decent rest for, for anyone that's involved tonight. They can be fit for Sunday as well. But Van der Beek, I've said it so many times, but when he does start, he needs to take that chance. And I think the last, I think the last time he did start was in the FA Cup against Watford. I was there that night, and I said he needed to take that opportunity and really take the game and take it to Watford. And he did to some extent, but he was still lacking that final third pass or that little bit of determination to go and go out and get an assist or a goal. Um, but yeah, there will be questions asked tonight if Solskjaer does leave him out of the side or doesn't give him any minutes. Yeah, fair enough. And um, Brad, I'm going to come straight back to you. You you work, uh, you're very impartial. You, you're a football correspondent. You're a writer. You cover a lot of games. Uh, tell us a little bit about how West Ham have been evolutionised under David Moyes and a little bit about what you expect from them tonight. How do they usually approach big games? 
Yeah, well, they approach big games with confidence, and you know, it's almost a good good thing that Jesse Lingard can't play tonight because he's been in some form, and he also just gives them that attacking threat that um, that that has been has been missing for West Ham and David Moyes' side. Uh, but you know, we're I believe we're going to be speaking about it later on the show. But West Ham are the king of set pieces; they love a good set piece goal. You know, with Suchek, he's available to play. Um, you've got Kufal at the back as well. They're very solid at the back. So if they do come to Trafford and sit back, it's going to be difficult for United to break them down. But when they do attack, don't be shocked if they go down easy for a free kick on the 50-yard line and put 10 players in that box because that is what they'll be doing. That'll be where their best chance to score will come from. Um, putting that ball into the box. Antonio, absolutely unbelievable to hold up the ball. Hold it up, bring in the wide players, you know, whether it's Yarmolenko on the right, I'm not too sure who will be starting in that. But then there's also Declan Rice who can put balls into the into the channels. And that's where they'll try to target Manchester United tonight. They'll try to target them where if it is Tellers, he does have the tendency not to get back quick enough like Luke Shaw does. Whereas Juan Massacre is a little bit more defensive minded. But the big thing tonight is West Ham will try and target Aaron Wan-Bissaka with balls over the top of his head. We've seen RB Leipzig have done it and, you know, they ripped Wan-Bissaka to shreds. Um, but there was, there was a couple other teams recently. Burnley, that was it. They played, tried to play those um, cross-field balls over the head of Wan-Bissaka. And that's where one of his weaknesses is to counter-attack quickly. So I think that's what West Ham will be up for tonight. Yeah, um, I now take it back. Now you say about them winning cheap free kicks around the box, Wan-Bissaka and Fatou and Zobie. <laughs> because he is rash. He's a young lad. He's going to be. That's not a criticism of him, but he is rash. So maybe in a game like this, you do need to lead with experience. Even Brandon Williams, to be fair, is better at standing up to defenders and doesn't give away cheap free kicks. And maybe Oli's got to be slightly careful here. Um, again, I also think Nemanja Matic, since he's lost that, that yard of pace, he can commit fouls and, and be quite rash with putting in challenges that he doesn't need to now. So maybe we do need a Fred and McTominay to win win that midfield battle and to be sensible tonight and also offer those fullbacks cover because that's what I think those two do really well when they're there together. Uh, they really do offer great cover and defend in, in numbers at that point. And, and as you say, a confident West Ham side, which I wouldn't have been scared of in the past, let's face it, but they do know how to get a result at Old Trafford historically. So yeah, Mark, squeaky bum time. What have you made of what Brad's just said and, and, and how have you been impressed with West Ham this, this season? Yeah, I think they've done very well. I think there's always... <laughs> to a certain extent, going to be a warmth towards West Ham as well. You know, with Jesse Lingard playing there at the moment and obviously getting his brace the other day. Obviously, he can't play tonight, I don't believe, can he? So it's just that's an unfortunate um, one for them. But I think Brad's absolutely right. I think that, that um, you know, they, they do play some good football. I think that their defence um, with Kufo in, in particular is pretty difficult to break down. So that's going to be a real test for us. Um, and I think, um, you know, running those channels and, and crossing balls in, I mean, you know, if, if United are anything to look at in the last few games, I think everyone will probably be very much aware from set pieces as well. You know, we're going to mm -hmm. we may struggle from from those from those opportunities. So um, so that's something that they will target. Yeah. So I've, I've got nothing else to say on that, really. I think that's I think Brad's absolutely spot on. And that's probably how we we'll see them play. Yeah, I mean, you just say there they are quite um, strong defensively. I mean, they've got they they have only conceded twenty eight goals this season. They've scored thirty four. They know how to to play either end of the pitch. Um, <laughs> I was just seeing on here on their stats, they've not won a penalty this season. They've not scored a penalty. So, uh, oh, you know what's going to happen tonight, didn't you? Um, yeah, it's written in the stars. Um, but as you say there, and, and let's get into it. Let's get into set pieces. Um, 
Brad, because for me, I don't think the way that we market set pieces is the issue. I actually think zonal marking nowadays are probably the best way to attack defensive corners. Like that, That's the best way. But you've got to do your job on the front post with, with, with corners if you're going to mark zonally. And not just that, you've got to make sure that your biggest players are matched up then correctly to the opposition's biggest players or the centre-backs are matched up correctly to the forwards uh, in order to be able to, so to speak, take that pressure away from the goalkeeper and those marking zonally. Um, have you seen much of, of, of United from set pieces this season? And, and, and are you baffled at how this was a problem last year? I think it was even a problem the year before and, and continues to be this season. I think it becomes an issue once it happens more than three times, you know, and it happened and it has happened plenty of times. Um, but the one against Everton's a bit of a strange one because I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin was next to Luke Shaw, which doesn't seem to match up in my head. Harry Maguire should be on Calvert-Lewin. At a minimum, it should be Harry Maguire on, on the top goal scorer for Everton, an aerial threat like Calvert-Lewin. So that, that there's one issue. But also Luke Shaw jumps in the air and attempts to clear the ball with his head, but it skips off the back of his head into Calvert-Lewin's chest. So whether that's just unlucky for sure, he's not seen it, I'm not too sure, no pun intended. Um, but the way that United gave away the free kick was the style of the free kick that was given away was a dangerous was dangerous for me to see because, you know, it's the 94th minute, say 10 seconds over. The referee is going to obliged that the attack should have that final chance to put the ball into the box. Um, and, and they did. So, you know, I think game management is so important for this United side. It's a young team, but they need to be controlling the games more and they need to be aware of how much time is left on the clock. Um, but yeah, whether it's zonal marking, you do need to attack that front post by winning the header. Because if you don't win that header, then goodness me, you don't know who could get on the end of it. And tonight with Antonio, Suchek, Kufal, United need to be wary of set pieces. Yeah, I, I I do think hindsight's a great thing. For instance, a lot of the a lot of what was said on social media, potentially, you know, Dominic Calvert Lewin was always going to be a threat in the final minutes, pumping balls into the box. Digny's a great cross on the ball. So should Matic have been the man who came on and not Tuanzebi again? Hindsight's a great thing. Uh Tuanzebi made almost an identical challenge in an identical position against Aston Villa as well, of which then it came to that bay block in the last minute of the game against Villa, which then we ended up winning that. Again, hindsight is an absolutely fantastic thing, Mark, because we we can all have it uh, once we dissect it. But I don't just, for me, obviously, the set piece is an issue. I want to I comment on that in a minute. But also, within that that piece of play, De Gea decided to quickly release Rashford, which was great to see because we we're always thinking about finishing the game. And, and, and if that comes off seven times out of ten, you probably win more games than you, you lose or, or drop points in. Um, however, at that moment, you just want to be that slightly bit more professional, don't you? Keep hold of the ball. Stick with your man. So is it concentration, Mark? Is that, is that the problem? In these dying minutes, are we now struggling to concentrate? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I had this conversation the other night myself, and I think that there there are some things that the players do need to get better, you know, when, when get better at, you know, at the end of the game. They want to sort of go to the corner flag and waste a couple of minutes as opposed to, to potentially putting yourself at risk again. I think, obviously, I said the other night the Twanzebe challenge was a bit rash, but there, it, in certain situations it does come off for you. And you, you rightly pointed out against that 
against Aston Villa, it, it, it was okay because Bailly was there to block it. So sometimes they work out for you, sometimes they don't. And and unfortunately, he was on the receiving end of a negative outcome. So, um, but, I, but even so, um, with regards to that, I feel, I feel that it probably should have been dealt with much better by the defenders and David De Gea. I felt that David De Gea could have been a bit more commanding. I felt that Maguire mm-hmm. probably, um, well, he, he let them all on side. Um, so is that know, is I, that communication then, Mark? Not just in the back line, but coming from behind the defenders for you? I think so. I, I've had this um, chat many times in the last 24 hours. This is why I feel that Henderson, um, you know, I think that they're kind of in a bit of a transition. I love David De Gea. I know he's got us out some some very um, sticky situations in the past and obviously one player of the year on a number of occasions. So, um, but I feel that there is, I feel that Ollie probably in the back of his mind does want to um, implement Henderson a bit more. And I think that that transition will come sooner rather than later. And I mean, maybe in a year, year and a half. Um, and I, and I think that because, you know, I don't remember a time when David De Gea was, particularly vocal um never really went into the challenges that you think he should do um and and you know we saw that against everton i, I feel that he 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 wasn't really shouting at his players no one knew what was going on was he was he was he in a position where he could have gone for the ball and caught it and you know he might have got hurt in that process but you know that's that's just sort of what you take for the team uh, oh Mark, I think we've lost you slightly um, there. Oh, no, you're back. You're back, mate. You're back. Yeah, I think you might have been. Oh, can you hear me, Mark? Um, oh, no, I think Mark's lost me. So I'm just going to mute him for a second just in case he's come back in. Uh, Brad, I want to quickly have a look at this. Um, so this is what I was just quickly going to take a look at. And it is going back to that Everton goal just quickly. Um do you know one thing that I think we've lacked this season? And, and I mentioned it before, it's attacking from the front post. Um, in terms of where, can, can you see where Cavani is there, the seven? He's just behind Rashford. Um, I personally think that the person who should be going for that header, I think it was, who, who was jumping for that ball? I can't remember who, but, but obviously Shaw's jumping with him there. I think that should be where Cavani is attacking that ball. Cavani should be more towards a, a front post sort of situation to be able to clear the ball in case that flick on is going to happen. And we see Maguire there. I'm struggling to think of where Maguire's pointing to. Is, is he trying to make Cavani and Rashford aware that the keeper's potentially running inside and he can't keep with him? Because then we've got Scott McTominay and Maguire, arguably our two best headers of the ball, stood in space on the back post. It's, it's just, it's, it's baffling for me. Is it communication for you as well? Yeah, that's a strange one, actually. I've, I've only seen that. I've only seen do, that do you want me to bring the image today. back up? Yeah, you I'll, can I'll do, yeah. Back up. Yeah, yeah, if you want to talk yeah, over it. It's, um, a, it's a strange screenshot. Go on, then, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, because as you can see there, you've got Maguire and McTominay both at the back post. Obviously, the keeper's there, but normally the keeper never gets to the ball anyway. So you don't really need to be doubling up on the keeper. That's a strange choice. Um, But you've also got Rashford and Cavani not guarding anyone, really. Rashford's kind of anticipating Shaw to miss the header, which you shouldn't really be, you know, you're already doubting your your defensive player to, to miss that header. And then... Cavani's in front of Tuanzebe, guarding absolutely no one. So I agree with you there that Cavani should be going to win that header. And Shaw, you know, Shaw is, I think he's been a great defensive left back this season, but he's not a natural born winner of the ball in the air. He's not airily one of the better defenders in that back four. You know, Tuanzebe, is there an argument he's too weak against Calvert-Lewin? Yeah, there probably is. And similarly to Maguire, 
I don't. He's not even close enough on number twenty. Who's I don't know who that is. He's not even close enough there. Even if you look at Richardson there, who you can see he's yeah. currently being marked by Lindelof. Richardson's up right there, and he's slightly leaning on Lindelof, and Lindelof has lost that challenge already. Like Lindelof yeah. is 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 on his knees almost there, and and Wambasaka's just sort of backing in there to Calvert Lewin, not really knowing where he is, and 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 because of the way that Wambasaka's positioned there, I'm pretty sure that's Wambasaka. Oh, is that Tuan yeah. No, no, the way Tuan Zabi. The way to I'm sure that's to Zabi there though in front of Calvert Lewin. I can't really. Yeah, that's to Zabi. Um, misses the header as well as Shaw. They both missed the header at the start. He's he's stuck in the ground there to Zabi. Like there's no way that he's gonna his agility is gonna be able to save him there to run on and, and block that ball uh, away from from Calvert Lewin. So and and people calling out Maguire there for calling for offside. I don't think he is calling for offside. I think he's using his arms to flap to sort of tell Rashford and Cavani whilst pointing at the goalkeeper that the keeper's coming around the back to try and get onto the flick on, yeah. um, which is which is good shepherding from him. But by doing that, him... Well, we talk about Maguire playing him on side. Where's Scott McTominay? He's in well, absolute no-man's well, land on Brad, the back post. Brad alluded to this earlier, really. Like, when, when you're zonal marking, you want to have... Um, you, you want to have your your bigger men matching up to the bigger men again, and I feel like Maguire and McTominay are you know are two of the biggest men, and they're, and they're nowhere near where they should be. Um, and 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 I feel like rather than actually um, expecting the worst, they're just trying to sort of nudge them out of the way, and perhaps that they're not going to bring in uh, float in a good ball or something like that. And and perhaps you know they were looking at it that way around, but ultimately you always expect the worst and try and defend it as well as you can. And in this in this image, it doesn't look great, does it at all? It's a mess. It's just no one's matched up to anyone, and everyone just looks completely in the wrong position. To be to be quite honest, um, it doesn't. And I know when a keeper goes up for a set piece, it always causes a little bit of confusion. And of course, in the last minute of the game, Everton are going to commit so many men in that box that there's maybe you haven't stringently planned for each individual player to then pick up a, another player. But that's why United plays zonally to be able to adapt to that. Um, it just we didn't really adapt. So tonight, then, Brad, who who's on Suchek? Who marks Suchek tonight for you? Just before that, I do want to have one final point on this screenshot because I don't know about YouTube. I was always taught about, you know, um, you know, don't they're on the wrong side. Get goal side. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the childhood, really. You're always taught about that. And I don't know whether, you know, the Premier League teams nowadays are trying to com- trying to complicate these free kicks way too much because they're already thinking, all right, well, if I go goal side, then there's no chance of a VAR ruling it out. No, you, you want to stop the goal first. I was always taught, get goal side of your man, get goal side. And on this, you've got one, two, three, four, five United players, not goal side of their man. And ultimately it's fell into a feet of an Everton player. Um, so who guards Suchek? That was my final point on that one. Um, but who guards Suchek tonight? I mean, Maguire is, is the captain. He's six foot four give or take, and he's good in the air. Why would he not be on him? And if McTominay starts, then it has to be him. If it's Matic, it's him as well. So there are options, but I, I don't... They st- This screenshot doesn't give me much confidence that United know who to man-mark, which is, which is a worry for tonight, especially with West Ham's aerial threat. Mark, could it be that... Uh, sorry, we're going into this maybe a bit deep, deeper than, than, than maybe I first imagined, but, but could it be that there's such little time now between games that potentially one of the area that's been lost... Because there have been a lot of goals from set pieces in the league. 
um, over the past year or so um, since the pandemic hit. Could it be that one of the things that teams are doing now are sort of going, right, here's how we set up on a basic. So it doesn't matter who we're playing against. Here's here's how we, we, we set up in that zonal marking system. Our number nine will always be on that front post, nine times as they are, whether they're winning the header or not. With someone else there, usually it's Rashford and he doesn't know how to win the ball in the air. Um, but then it's then down to the defenders, Maguire, McTominay, etc., to then get their man, which potentially they do get before the game, but they don't necessarily work stringently on how these set pieces are going to be in the leak week leading up to the game, which causes chaos like this. Is this me trying to make an excuse or, or could that be what's happening? I mean, it could be. Who knows? Um, you know, I, I know that the games are coming thick and fast at the moment, but, um, you know, I can't imagine that, you know, they're still training for five, six, seven days a week. So I mm-hmm. should imagine that their drills are pretty similar, um, even if you are having to, you know, accommodate a particular game that's coming up. Um, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, and, and it could well be that it is because there's games coming thick and fast that perhaps they are trying to have a, a foundation and then sort of a, change that as and when, as and when they need to. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And and again, it will be called out that Maguire is meant to be the captain, the leader, so surely he should be sorting this out. But I suppose you can only do what you can in terms of the instruction you've also been given from the bench. And I do agree, Brad, with what you said. I feel like this has happened too many times now to not be an issue. I, I feel like this is an active problem. I said it a couple of weeks ago when Liverpool went three games without scoring a goal. They've got a problem going forward. Yes, they can still hit a team for six maybe when they do click, but the fact that they're not able to score as many goals at the moment or create enough chances, that's now a problem for Liverpool Football Club and a worry for Liverpool Football Club. For me, this... I suppose I can make the excuse of game time, like I've already mentioned there, Mark, but for me, surely when it becomes a problem, it becomes an issue, you work on it. You work on it because I think in yeah. so many words, Bruno came out and said, look, we're doing our job up top. Maybe they're not. He didn't say it in these words, by the way, but 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 the way the comments were taken was that potentially we're not as a team doing enough defensively. And for me, when you de- defend set pieces, you have to defend them as a team and everything there's wrong. The keeper didn't come out quick enough and, and, and we need to address the problem because we, we can't challenge for a title conceding the amount of goals we've conceded from set pieces and they're silly goals to give away as well. So... Oh, let's just hope tonight they don't get many. It's something that they've got to work on. And as I said at the beginning, I'm sure Ollie has probably heard this enough times since the Everton game. And I'm sure that that's one thing that he's probably taken away and said, look, we need to fix up on this. And, and, And they probably have gone through that routine. So hopefully we don't see that again tonight. And hopefully we can move on from that. And hopefully we can start to defend better at set pieces because that is a big problem. You're right. What are your expectations like there, Mark? Um, I've got to keep consistent and I've said 3-1 to United um, so that's what I'm going with tonight I think um, as I say every week um, and it still applies every week uh, we need to start on the front foot don't allow them to come at us um, defend well I think after the last few results I I think we probably will concede but as I've also said that you know from an attacking perspective even if we didn't have many shots on target we were very fluid against Everton and I want to see more of that so all goes well and we and we stick to those i i, I reckon about three one is what i've said we should just get that bit on tape then you won't have to come on the show's live it could just be needs to start fast because yeah. you could literally say I, that to it, every it, question it's my coin phrase now isn't it so it, it, it really uh, so, is yeah, we'll, we'll get a snippet of that 
Thank you, mate. Uh, Brad, what about you? What are you expecting tonight, Old Trafford? I've got a funny feeling that I'm going to be sat at Old Trafford freezing watching David Moyes' team go 1-0 up. Uh, I do think tonight is one of those nights where West Ham can get the ball into the box and they can prove an issue early on. And I think United will be forced into a little wake-up call. Uh, I think United will be slower, or slow coming into the game, which is obviously what Mark doesn't want. Um, but what, I, what, what no one wants from United... But I do think West Ham will get a will get a goal early. But I think United and Solskjaer will bring on some some uh, of the reinforcements at half time and turn it around. So I'm going two one Manchester United. I mean, I said in my sad state after the Everton game um, that I felt like we had lost that game. It, it didn't feel like a draw. It feels like we need to rebound again from another result. But if there's one thing Oli knows what to do, it's how to pick up his players. So I really do expect. United to I don't think we need to change a lot going forward but I do want to see United that's ruthless again I want to see United that that takes their chances and we did the other night but it'd be nice to create a few more we should have put the game to bed really a couple of opportunities against Everton that Rashford had Greenwood had we, sh- we should have scored so I-, I want to see us be a bit ruthless like Mark said I want to see us start fast I want to feel confident in our defence I-, I want Ollie to put some confidence in me about our backline because I said the other day that I didn't feel like we just lost a game after Everton I also felt like we lost the chance to challenge for the title. And and that's not me looking at the table and going, it's not possible, we can't challenge anymore. That's me in my head thinking, I don't trust this United team to actually win enough games and, and get the points that they need to in situations like against Everton, against Sheffield United, where I feel like we can come out the other end and, and get that crucial three points. Now, I feel like the defenders have taken a hit and they're now struggling. So I expect us to concede in more games uh, than we don't concede in, unfortunately. So I, w- I would expect West Ham to score tonight. Um, I'm going to go 2-1. I think it'd be cagey. Really cagey. Were you going to say something, Mark? Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you've got to remember, we didn't expect to be in this position. I don't think... But Ollie that's what is... I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm keeping level-headed. I feel like we've got a great opportunity to, to go for the title with the situation we're in. It's still ma- mathematically poss- possible. I would have liked Oli to come out and say, we are... Do you know what? I know things are said behind closed doors and then things are said to the press, but it's also nice for us to fans of fans to feel the belief that also our managers got. And I, I know we live in a different era, but for me... What killed Mourinho for me at United was when he came out and said, we lost 2-0, United have done that before, it's football heritage. Like, that killed me with Mourinho. You don't come out and say something like that to your to your fans, to the press. I would have liked Oli to have come out and said something a little bit different after the game than he said to the press. I'm, I'm not saying hang your players out to dry or say that we are in a title race, but give us fans something to hang on to that actually it, it is still possible because as a fan, it's just my slight belief in this team defensively dropped at that Everton game because it was it was again conceding from a set piece in the last minute it's happened too many times in important games that we needed to win and um yeah I, I do agree with you though I'd never expect this to be in this position I'm extremely level-headed for me if we can if we can win a trophy and finish second I'm still happy but I would have liked Manchester United to have really grabbed this challenge this year by the scruff of the neck because boy it was a good yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think I think that um Ollie 
probably isn't overly comfortable with his defence either and he's having to no. work with what he's got. And this isn't the finished article. You know, we still need two, three, four players perhaps. Um, so I think, as I said, we're very lucky to be in this position. And you're right. Mm-hmm. I think being in that position, we should have grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and perhaps we haven't at points. And, and yeah, I don't disagree with you. Fickle football fans who love a bit of hindsight. <laughs> That's what this is all about, given our thoughts. Uh, guys, thank quickly. you. Yeah, thank you. for Yeah, just start quickly. Uh, th- can we record that? Someone? Someone get that recorded, please. It will save us having to get an extra guest for every show. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, Brad, thank you so much. You've been brilliant, mate. Mark, thank you as ever. You were fantastic. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash all for United. Uh, also, go check us out on your podcast platform of choice. Just search all for United, United Daily. We are back tomorrow when we do our Twitter react show with Dale O'Donnell, our regular on a Wednesday. We will speak to you guys soon. Take care. Stay safe, guys. Yeah.